Warning. Thunder Talk contains foul language, adult subject matter, and is intended for mature audiences. This week, we go all sideways on The Batman. Who are his real friends? Why so serious? And what's his problem anyway? Don't swear to Batman. Swear to Sexy Thor. Beth and Kavika scrape the bottom of the barrel with dudes and dragons. The good doctor, Davy Adams, drops some electronica on Studio D. Sexy Thor and Lightning Lad spoil the heck out of Spider-Man Far From Home. All that plus a fresh serving of WTLK, The Thunder, and Dan's bad advice with pineapples on top. Lightning Lad, roll the thunder. The Weirdos Workshop presents... Thunder Talk. Beth. Sexy Thor. Kavika. Thunder Talk. Batman's villains are his true friends. That's my take on it. That's what I get when I watch Batman. You know, you've got Robin and Nightwing, and then there's another Robin, right? Yeah, there's like eight Robins. Yeah, we're like one through, I guess, maybe seven. We could do like a whole episode just on Robins. And then his son, who's the latest Robin. Yeah, who's like, he like he had a devil baby, and that was the eighth one I wasn't... Don't forget about Alfred. Oh, Alfred, yeah. Alfred, like 200 full court press Alfred. Everybody's like, Batman, stop being Batman. It's not good for your health, your mental health, your physical health. Why are you doing this? You need to just not be Batman anymore, right? Exactly. They're trying to hold him down and change him from his true self. And I guess his friends, the villains, are trying to free him. We'll see. Check it out. The villains uh, thrive on Batman. I mean, the Joker himself has made it very clear. No no Batman, no Joker, right? Uh, a uh, mm-hmm. What is it? A... Um, an unstoppable force versus uh, an immovable object kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the Batman validates the villains. The villains need Batman. The villains want Batman. And the villains encourage Bruce Wayne to be a complete tool and cripple to his pain. They're total enablers. But, you know, he wants it. He's in too deep. Batman's kind of a psychopath that way. Uh, I don't know. Change my mind. Agree with me. How, how does the meme no, go? No, I, I, I kind of agree somewhat with you. I, I kind of, I, I'm curious as to who would be his best friend, though. Mm. The best villain friend. Yeah, yeah. Good question. Good question. I, some people would think Joker. Joker. I, I feel, I feel like Joker wants Batman to be his best friend. Yeah, but like I, think... I for Batman, who would he choose? I don't know. Yeah, I think it would have to be Joker because Joker understands that big picture better than the rest of them because I'm not quite sure that Bane or Two-Face or Riddler or all that really completely grasp that big picture of, you know, them, both Batman and themselves being complete by having this whole trist of beating each other up and all that together. But also, if there are no villains and there's no batman and then of course the villains only see batman as being someone worth going up against 
because they don't care about just the police. They want Batman. If I'm going to do a crime and if someone's going to bust me on it, it's going to be Batman. It's It's not going to be anyone else. Right, right. Yeah. It's not going to be Detective Bullock. (laughs) Everyone else is going to be be insulted. Insulting. Exactly. And the Joker enjoys it. He the Joker's kind of got a boner for Batman. He gets off on <laughs> messing with Batman. And then if anyone's going to catch him, it has to be Batman. He wants the bat. He wants the bee. Yeah, he wants that bee. Uh, there, see, I, I, I mean, this whole idea of the villains being his friend plays into another theory. And I'll connect these dots. The whole idea that the, the whole city is on to Batman. Like, they all know who he is. Like, he thinks the city doesn't know, but the city really knows, and they're humoring him. Oh, shit. Oh. And, you know, and have you also noticed that Arkham is probably, like, the least secure prison in all of the planet? Like, how often do people people break out out of that joint? Yeah, people get out, walk in, walk out. Orchestrated by Batman, because he needs his friends. Yeah. He wants to put on a good face, but he wants him to come out to play. Well, I was going to say, like, it's just like one big-ass Truman Show. Uh, Beth, what's up? Well, I had the Truman Show thought. There's also the possibility that the people that run Arkham, or maybe just the people who are on shift whenever things happen and people escape, maybe they're just bored. They're like, man, nothing's going on. Hey, you know what would be really funny? Let's just let the Joker out. And see what happens. <laughs> oh my god! The true, the true <laughs> villains are the prison guards at Arkham. Because I mean, really, anyway, you cut it. Prison guards are—I I think they're just kind of villainous. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, politics. I think they're on the take with Bruce Wayne. He's slipping them the money. They're <laughs> deliberately letting them out. Oh, we let him out by accident. Sorry, Arkham. There's this current story arc going on in detective comics right now which is like the pretty much the og batman right right, stories where it introduces the arkham knight into comics lore now if you remember the arkham knight was first introduced in that last video game back in 2015 where it's trying to be red hood literally so now so now the video games are popping up in the comic books sort of the arkham knight's in there but this time the arkham knight is uh dr arkham's daughter who She was the product of Dr. Arkham, and he had this assistant who he fell in love with and married, and she was pregnant, and she was, like, really great with the patients and all that. Like, she had all the qualities that you would want out of a psychiatric doctor, and she was on the verge of giving birth, and there was a prison riot, but some of the inmates, including Joker, Harley, Clayface, like, a lot of the famous ones like got her into a safe area and was helping her deliver the baby. And then Batman didn't see all this going on. So he threw a batarang and it went through Clayface and it hit Dr. Arkham's wife in the jugular after she gave birth. And thus his daughter grew up hating Batman and befriending the inmates and becoming the Arkham Knight being his crusaders thoughts. Uh, I mean, it kind of lost me when it's just like, oh wait, there's an actual like dark Doctor Arkham, like so that's somebody's like last Say name. Everything you said after the words Detective Comics. No, 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 I I got it. I I I got that somebody here probably got it, and and yeah, can, it was horrifying. Respond. Batman inadvertently killed the one dude's wife, right? Right. 
No, that's that's terrible. And but you know, somebody that is perform you know, like kind of like a vigilante or doing any type of like serious damage like destroying things like Batman does, he eventually has to have like collateral damage. Oh, unfortunately. For sure. The collateral damage that he causes. What's interesting about what could be translated for me from what I'm gathering you said is that uh Instead of it being a building, a brick wall, another brick wall, a building, or another brick wall, it's this was this was a good person's spouse, right? Right. And she herself was practically an angel to these patients. Like she was treating them with the right amount of empathy and understanding and all that that they needed to try to help cure them or give them their best chance of curing them, if there was any. Uh, civilian casualties. I don't know. See, I'm... Uh, I'm buying in less and less to this whole in the, into this whole Batman business. I really am, I really am. I'm not saying the police are any better. I'm just not sure if they're any worse. No, oh, I mean, yeah, I, they're yeah. worse. Yeah, they're worse. Depends. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm it really sorry. depends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what I do wonder, what I do wonder is, why is the Joker so insightful? Is that because that he dated he dates Harlequin, and wasn't she also a? Uh, therapist of some type yeah she was a psychiatrist who was assigned to arkham and i think she might have specifically wanted to work with the joker and get inside his mind and then she ended up falling in love with him and the rest is uh 90s the suicide squad history yeah but (laughs) he she said she said the words harlequin this is uh sexy thor's wheelhouse oh yeah yeah no take 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 it away sexy sexy I'm literally wearing a Harley Quinn shirt right now. <laughs> no, that's real. That's Yay. real. Yeah, go look it up on the internet. Like, we'll take a picture on the internet and go look at us. But yeah, so pretty much if you're an outside psychiatrist visiting Arkham, uh, shit's not going to end well for you. You can end up with a battering in the jugular, or you could be driven insane and become have a horrible case of Stockholm Syndrome and dress up like a clown and... You know, sexy Thor <laughs> represent at the last Moser Halloween party. God, that's that's Jesus. That's Batman. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. But yeah, his collateral damage is most prevalent in anything Frank Miller or Zack Snyder wrote. Mm. Or is that purposeful damage? Do you think Batman has become more or less violent as the years have gone through the comics? I think that would depend on what years are we starting from. If we're going back to Frank Miller and all that, if we're going back to mid-80s, um, then it's been consistently pretty violent. Uh, then to go prior to that, we're talking about um, a guy that wore, wore his underwear on the outside of his clothes, you know, and wanted you to drink your milk because it'll build better better, better, better teeth. You're talking about uh, Silver Age, Golden Age, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. <clears throat> so, um, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it all <laughs> depends on this sort of era and writer, because, like, you know, you had all super dark. You know, Michael Keaton Batman, who was, uh, and then, you know, you had Batnips Batman, which wasn't so, uh, and then you had Christian Bale Batman, which was, uh, but didn't kill anybody. Uh, I mean, except for. Ra's all cool, but that's a whole debate entirely. I I won't kill you, but I'll but I won't save you, sort of thing. <laughs> right. And then you have Ben Batfleck, which, which killed the henchman 
in Batman vs Superman, and then you've got Edward Cullen Batman, which who knows? He probably won't kill, honestly. You know, I just want to say, I just want to say, I love that you're using "is" as your rating system, and that kind of made me smile. Batman originally carried a gun. No, yes, that's real. And that's real. I, you know, like he used to like just shoot people. Like, oh, you're a bad yeah. guy, pal, right in the face. So I, I just, but I, I know, hasn't there been like some future comics where it's like after he's gotten his back broke and everything and he's like all jacked up on pain meds and like vengeance a little bit more and he's like just beating people to pulp all the time that sounds about right and there's also flashpoint batman which it's when his father becomes batman after the gunman actually kills bruce and he's a lot more violent too Wow. Well, I mean, also, uh, I I can see that because a person of that time, I would think that uh, more predisposed to violence. You know, what is also uh, violent in its force, certainly not in its intention, is my love for the ESO network. Uh, Nerd Bliss is part of the ESO network. There are a lot of incredible shows to be found over there. Uh, What's that? What's that website, Chris? ESOnetwork.com. Go check them out. Go check them out. Yeah, Batman. Oh, my gosh. Who, who knew there was so much to talk about ba- Batman? Only the rare chosen few that have listened to issue one of Thunder Talk know that there was going to be this much Batman talk in Thunder Talk. Lobster Thermidor. Listening to knowledgeable people who are passionate about what they do? Wilbur does, don't you, Wilbur? But what about Daisy? She likes to listen to shows about pop culture, movies, television, and comic books. Good thing Wilbur and Daisy found the Nerd Bliss Podcast. You too can find the Nerd Bliss Podcast at nerdblisspodcast.com and on the ESO Network. Just remember, Nerd Bliss is one word. Red Alert. Spoilers ahead. Have you ever had a trip overseas with your best friends and the girl you really like, and then all of a sudden Jake Gyllenhaal comes in with the big old fish helmet? Uh, not a helmet shaped like a fish, but a fishball helmet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we told you about spoilers. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's really, you're sending me down a rabbit hole. Yeah, that's pretty much my entire summer, uh, 2006. Uh, though Jake Gyllenhaal was wearing an actual, like, like a fish-shaped helmet. It was pretty cool. It was a good summer. Yeah, we're talking, we're talking Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll begin with the end. We liked it, right? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. It was hilarious. Wonderful action. Wonderful story. I was like in it the whole time. A lot unlike Dark Phoenix. Oh, no. <laughs> I would say uh, the last time I was uh, hospitalized, I uh, could say that I enjoyed that more than Dark Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I hey, believe that. Yeah. Spoil- spoiler alert. Dark Phoenix sucked. Yeah. Uh, Far From Home. Spider-Man um, Far From Home. Wonderful. Did not. How long after Avengers do we do we does Far From Home begin? Like hours after Endgame, I'm sure. It's really? Like, 
Yeah, but I'm sure it's like a couple of days to a week because we start off with an in memoriam. So it's and of course it takes a good while for the world to take in, you know, what the f- just happened. Like right. Half the population that disappeared five years ago is back. And oh, BT dubs, we're now like minus three major heroes that we've Nick, worshipped over Nick the last. Fe- yeah. Nick Fury does make a comment that he would have reached out to Spider-Man at the funeral, Tony Stark's funeral, but he felt that would have been in bad taste. Yeah. So, I mean, the average time between a death and a funeral is anywhere between uh, four days to two weeks, you know? And they would have had a lot of people they had to get together. I mean, think about how many scheduling conflicts (laughs) (laughs) one could possibly have when trying to uh, get together a crew, a group like that for your funeral. Uh, So we're looking at at least, I'm thinking weeks after endgame the world is moving on moving forward you know everybody who was snapped is back but it's not called they call it the uh the blip the blip yeah so as we call it the snap or the snapping here on earth uh whatever we are right now <laughs> in earth 616 which they also established yep the snap to our hole in our dimension you're saying there's a multiverse uh they call it the blip so after the blip where uh, Spider-Man is grappling with this notion that he needs to fill Tony Stark's shoes. And that indeed Tony Stark had left uh, both uh, uh, objects, instructions, inferences, and just downright plot devices all <laughs> pointing towards, yeah, that Iron Man did die or going, going into his potential and then actual death that Peter Parker would be picking up his mantle. Everywhere I go, I see his face. I just really miss him. Yeah, I miss him too. I don't think Tony would have done what he did if he didn't know that you were going to be here after he was gone. Yeah. So he's got that on his shoulders as a school trip. They're going to Europe. Everyone's going to Europe. And all of of his high school classmates that mattered uh, apparently were also snapped. So yeah. they've also come back the and, same age. And even Aunt May was apparently blipped. Oh, yeah. Right. Because she was talking about how she, when she came back, she went to her home and there was like this new family there. And the wife thought that she was her husband's mistress. <laughs> oh, serious? Yeah. Did, was, did I use, was I using the restroom when that happened? Uh, I don't remember may- that at all. Uh, maybe. It was towards the beginning when she was talking at that fundraiser for you know support of people. Who, I was just who so happy blipped. to be there, bro. I probably missed half of the things they said. <laughs> Another reason to go back and see it, which I will. <clears throat> I know you talk and say stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, Mysterio's full of shit. This is Mr. Beck. I could use someone like you on my world. New world? Beck is from Earth, just not ours. And it actually kind of leads back to uh, a theme that was started in Iron Man 3 about Tony Stark's demons. Yeah, that was interesting. You just got done watching Iron Man 3 today, didn't you? Yeah, and it just like connected everything because it had felt like a recurring theme that I had seen somewhere when we watched it because, um, you know... Quentin Beck Mysterio, he created the BARF program that right. was seen in uh, in the beginning of Civil War. Right. And he was working with the scientist that Obadiah Stane was yelling at in the beginning, or in the, the first Iron Man. He was like, Tony Stark built this in a cave. Yeah. With right? a box of scraps. With a box of scraps. 
scraps. Yeah. Man, you had to have Tron yelling at me. <laughs> like if my boss, if like my boss's partner was tr- for Tron, <laughs> and if it were my boss that got Tron to yell at me, I would definitely be pissed at my boss. Uh, I would harbor some resentment, maybe focus my life on some type of ultimate violent public revenge, which is what's happening in Far From Home. Mysterio, it's not just Jake Gyllenhaal. He has an entire team of ex-Stark Stark Industries, Industries employees mm-hmm. <laughs> that have all banded together to to destroy Tony Stark, or in this case, uh, his legacy. Yeah. And to uh, take over the mantle, to take his mantle, to be like, we're the ones that should be superheroing around. Because we're the real heroes. Yeah. So it's interesting. You you, you bring up Iron Man 3. The entire premise was demons. Well, yeah. Right? Because, Creating- of course, as we know, you know, New Year's Eve 1999, Aldrich Killian brought the, the idea of AIM to Tony, but he was drunk and trying to have sex with the... Uh, I forget her name. Uh, Rebecca Hall's the woman character. that created the uh, Maya uh, Hansen. Maya Hansen, created, yeah, created extremists. Uh, extremists. Well, not only did he ignore Aldrich Killian, he was a dick and said, "Meet me on the roof." Yeah, go meet me on the roof. I'll be there in five minutes. And then ghosts the dude. Yeah, and Killian was waiting there all night, and he was he pretty much like had a moment of despair and was about to just jump off the roof and kill himself. And then yeah. he was just like, "Nah, f- this. I'm going to build the company, and then I'm going to f- Tony Stark hard." And, you know, that's because Tony Stark is among an <laughs> many other things. Yeah, a, a yeah. prick, a mean, a mean spirited person who grows and evolves and becomes better. But even then. Yeah, because this was all started because Quentin Beck had more ideas concerning the BARF program. And uh, Tony said he was unstable and fired him. It's the same notion, but it's the demons that Tony Stark created post Iron Man. Yeah. After his. After awakening of his personal awakening, if you will. Yeah. And getting past the alcoholism and all that. He's still right. 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 Those are the bad guys. And it's Spider-Man that has to deal with Tony's demons. Now. Oh my gosh. Not only does he have to deal with like the mantle of hero and protector that Tony Stark has left behind. He also has to deal with Tony's baggage, (laughs) right? Tony's trash that he forgot to take out. The mess, the mess that he made, yeah. personally, privately, professionally. Because pretty much all of the villains that Iron Man's dealt with, like the first movie was Obadiah, which is his yeah. name. Iron Man two is Anton Vankov, which who his father like had his father exiled. So all three Iron Man movies, along with, and I'm gonna I'm gonna argue, uh, Age of Ultron, yeah, and Spider Man Far From Home are all dealing with Tony Stark's baggage yeah <laughs> right the messes the 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 spilt social milk of his life <laughs> you know i'm having to wipe that up it's either tony stark's baggage or thor's baggage oh yeah yeah no this time we're dealing with tony stark's baggage yeah, yeah. most of it is stark's yeah no hopefully uh we'll be getting as guardians of the galaxy and that'll be a whole metric f ton of thor's baggage uh <laughs> We'll talk about you later, bro. I promise. <laughs> it's all about me. It's all about that sexy Thor life. Nick Fury is there. Nick Fury hijacks Peter Parker's entire trip. Not only hijacks it, is in like, hey, 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 Peter Parker, you got something for me? That's like my favorite line <laughs> in Endgame. But, uh, but anyway, I digress. Uh, yeah, Captain Marvel's amazing. We know this. Captain Marvel's amazing. Captain Marvel's the best. 
Nick Fury from behind the scenes is pretending to be this travel agency uh, <laughs> that keeps redirecting Peter's class to various places around Europe in order to coincide with his the uh, the need whatever needs he has for for Spider-Man. I need an Avenger. What about Thor? Off world. Doctor Strange. Unavailable. Captain Marvel. Don't invoke her name. And I really want to know the name of the tour company that was sort of arranging their trips because I feel like it would be something not like super on the nose like Fury Agency or whatever. Oh, yeah. But be yeah. like Travel Shield. Yeah, right. We protect you from bad trips. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, MJ is all over this movie, and that's awesome. Uh, played by uh, Zendaya. Yeah, she's she's the best. She's. T- I'm really glad that she. I don't feel like we got enough of her in uh, Homecoming, though. I mean, yeah. story wise, I'm not. That's not a knock to the film. You know, I just she's so rad. Yeah, you'd want more of her, and she is uh, a a strong supporting character in in this. We're getting a lot of her. She finds out he's Spider Man. MJ, I am Spider Man. No, of course I'm not. I mean, it's kind of obvious. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, and, and she even said that she, the clues were starting to get into place with her ever since Washington, D.C., when they were on the academic decathlon trip and uh, Peter disappeared and all of a sudden Spider-Man comes in and saves the rest of the team in the Washington Monument. Right, right. No, totally. I mean, she's smart and he's a noob. hiding identity hiding his identity right yeah so yeah it's it's that that was very that that was very logical that seemed very natural there was nothing forced about that about him being revealed to mj that yeah that worked out great ned is always as rad ned ned i think uh has more of a backseat in this movie i think a lot of the space that he occupied in the first one yeah, function wise, yeah. and fun. God, even functionally uh, near yeah. the end, it was filled in by MJ. But they were able to move him back to play some comic relief, doing the whole cutesy couple thing with Betty Brant. Oh yeah, no, it, yeah, Ned hooks up with uh, with Betty Brant, the the uh, young young woman who does the school news. Yeah, one of the co anchors on the school news. Which <laughs> the movie opens up with. <laughs> What's the name of his school? Super, super awesome bra Queens Science Academy. Yeah, Midtown something wherever. Something, yeah. Of science. But you remember those? It. You remember those those super rad uh, school news scenes they had in uh, Homecoming? Yeah, we, we the movie. This movie. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> want to give that away. I know this is chock full of spoilers, but I don't even want to. I don't want to give away the first just few minutes of the movie. Uh, that's such a. Yeah. Such Good. a total treat. Because it's pretty great because it starts in the Marvel Studios opening credits and then goes no, into <laughs> Yeah. I like it's the a level. treat. It's a it's a it's very much a treat. So yeah, uh, Betty what's her name again? Betty Betty Brant. Betty Brant Betty Brant, yeah. And Ned Betty Brant, Betty Brant, Betty Brant, Betty Brant, Betty Brant, Betty Brant, Betty Can you say it five times fast? Ugh. Betty Brant, Betty Brant, Betty Brant, Betty Brant, Betty Brant. Nah, 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 same here. Thunder Talk exclusive. <laughs> All right, I am privileged to have a dear friend of mine up here in Studio D tonight, Davey, the good Dr. Adams. How you doing, dude? Uh, pretty good. How about you? Doing all right. Doing all right. Thanks for asking. 
Thanks for asking. You know, I, 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 you're not you're not too proud to ask. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good, friend. How are you? How are you? Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, how's California doing? How how uh, how my homelands holding up with all this earthquake business? Um, well, you know, it's actually funny. Uh, I didn't even feel the first one. Apparently, people were saying they felt it as far away as the ocean. Right. I'm a lot closer to Ridgecrest than they are, but yep. I didn't feel the first one at all. I slept right through it. And then the second one that went off the other night, we were sitting on the couch and I thought the couch was shaking just because my girlfriend was like kicking her legs. Right. And then I realized, wait a second, I think there's an earthquake going on. So we went outside and we we're like watching the power lines kind of sway. But it, they weren't even really that bad of where we are. Right. Right. Apparently right. did some damage to Ridgecrest, though, from what I've seen. Yeah. No, I uh, used to have family in Ridgecrest. I used to uh, spend a lot of time in Ridgecrest, actually. That's, uh, yeah, I hope they're doing all right. Yeah. You know, it's funny, you know, living out here, everyone's like, oh my God, did you hear about the earthquakes? Did, 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 did you hear, did you hear California is falling down again? And it's like, <laughs> you, you know, you're, you're native born, you know, you're like me. Uh, yeah, there's earthquakes. I'll certainly, uh, take the risk of that over a hurricane. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, or the, like the whole state flooding. Yeah. I'll tell you, I mean, uh, of all the earthquakes I've ever experienced in my life, it's been a lot because I've lived here my entire life. And uh, I'd say the only one that really ever scared me, I think, was the 94 Ridgecrest one. That one was pretty weird. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean uh, uh, the Northridge? The Northridge, North Ridge, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Oh, dude, one day I'll tell you the story. My parents were in it. They were in Tarzana up uh, up oh, on man. the hill. They were trapped there uh, with my uh, siblings for, God, uh, for four days. Yeah. Four I mean, days? Yeah, I was, God, I was 14. I threw a rager. Uh, Jesus. 14, 15. Yeah, I took full advantage of that, uh, being out in Hemet. But yo, yeah, <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty gnarly. Pretty, I, pretty. Gnarly. I thought my house was gonna fall down. I think I was maybe eleven at the time or twelve. I can't remember, but like my house was like swaying side to side. I thought it was gonna collapse. Yeah, no, the Northridge quake was was something else. That was, I mean, that was the big one. Yeah, you know, that really was the big one. Yeah, I remember growing up as a kid, it's always like, oh, my God, the big one's coming. Look out. You know, if, if Reagan doesn't nuke us all first, the big one's going to get you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember seeing the freeway falling down on people. Yeah. That was crazy. And that wasn't even too too many years after the San Francisco one that was pretty gnarly, too. Oh, yeah. No, San Francisco won 89, I, think 89, I want to yeah. say, during the World Series. Yeah. 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 Oh, God, yeah. No, I watched that on TV and heard it on the radio. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was something else, something else, Earth, earthquake live. Yeah. yeah. So I want to thank you for yeah. coming on the show tonight. Uh, I really do appreciate it. You're one of the coolest people I know. Uh, oh. Your politics are on point. Uh, you're as much of a history buff as I am. Uh, your nerd game is strong. You, you know it is. I know some of the crowds you you roll in. You know you can't be all talking. You know Star Wars or Star Trek or whatever it is that's uh, that's that's getting you going. But uh, you know that's 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 my jam. That's my jam, definitely. Um, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Oh, dude. Hey, you know, uh, I'm glad we we're uh, finally able to have some quality time together. Yeah. You're also a musician. Yeah. On top of all of that, you're a musician. If I didn't love you so much. I'd be jealous as hell. <laughs> I wouldn't even be able to look at you. I've always said I'm not, I, because most of the bands I've been in, I sing. I always tell people I'm not a musician, I'm a singer. 
But I guess technically I do make electronic music too, so there's a little bit of musicianship there. And I can play guitar and bass slightly, but so I'm not very good. So, so you're a musician and a singer. Yeah, mostly a singer, but I, I make some right. of my own music. I mean, it's really what got me into making electronic music in the first place is that I can't fucking play anything worth a damn. So it was easier <laughs> for me to use these programs to kind of like synthesize my own music. It's the 21st century, dude. It's all music. It's all <laughs> right. music. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you don't like auto-tune? I'll fight you about it. <laughs> I'm okay with auto-tune. I'm okay with all that. Right. All that. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about your music. Let's talk about this uh, electronica you've been you've been dropping. Well, let's see. As far as my electronic stuff goes, I've been making that since about 2009. Okay. Um, so I got into it because my my buddy uh, Jonas he ended up getting a MacBook, and he started recording a lot of his own music through there, and. Um, and then he would also use it. We would jam and like kind of made like a, this black metal project called Veratu that nice. we did for quite some time. Nice. Veratu was kind of inspired by like conspiracy theory, um, like MK Ultra government experiments and, um, totally. you know, harp weather, uh, altering technology, stuff like that. So then I got my own laptop and I started making music. And like I said, I couldn't play any instruments really very well. So I was mostly making this electronic stuff like loops and samples and stuff. And I started it using that same mentality of like conspiracy theory. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't really believe in most of the stuff, but I think it's just entertainment. So I always liked that totally. about it. Totally. Yeah, I mean, you can you can believe in the moon landing and still sing about the rich, the richness of the idea of like Capricorn nine, that the whole thing is a joke, you know? Yeah, precisely. Yeah. And so that's basically where it comes from is like, that's how I started off. And that's where the name good doctor comes from. Cause it's based off of, there was, uh, one of those, uh, I don't know. It's kind of, there's a lot of it shrouded in secrecy. So I don't know how much of it's the truth or not, but like there was supposedly a scientist named Philip Schneider who worked for the government. He headed up like the MK ultra experiments and they gave him a lot of really weird names like the Dirty Trickster and the Black Trickster and the Good Doctor was one of the names. So I, I co-opted that for myself and like kind of did this uh, this pro- project based off of like my music was going to like manipulate people mentally and like cause them to be crazy and do crazy things. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's uh, so that's kind of like the uh, uh, the creative persona you went into it with. Yeah, pretty much as a character, and like that's right. just spun off as you know over the years. Nice, yeah, I know. I know you uh, don't you go by the Good Doctor when you do Wasteland. I do. Yeah, I've been doing Wasteland since 2011, and at first I didn't really like, I didn't really have like a Wasteland name or anything. Everybody kind of gets their own Wasteland name either by it's given to you or, or uh, sometimes people give them themselves just because nobody ever gives them a good name. And that's basically right. what happened to me after I went for my fourth year i think 2015 and i was like fuck it i'm just gonna be the good doctor out here too and so like, right. i went whole hog and like built my total all my costume around like the good doctor being a crazy post-apocalyptic mad scientist nice you, you know i you know i dig about wasteland i mean i've never been but just you know somebody that goes to the the, the cons the conventions and such the dragon con trek lana stuff like that uh-huh. uh yeah wasteland is nerd shit dude oh yeah it's, it's total nerd shit. <laughs>
<laughs> that's like I've been trying to get like Colt to go hang out with like some of the smaller parties that I do and Colt's like f***ing Wasteland is nerd shit. and I'm like yeah it is but come on you're still gonna have a good time oh yeah well I mean you know sometimes Colt is too punk for his own good <laughs> I'm calling you out calling you out Mr. Coons calling you out <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I think that at one point, like I was really trying to get Gunnam Down, our old band, to play at Wasteland. Like this is back when it was still much smaller, so we probably had a better chance. But and it seemed like most of the guys were in on it, but um, but then the band ended up breaking up, and so we never really got a chance. I've always wanted to play Wasteland, so maybe one day I'll get a band that can actually do it. Um, dress up like Tina Turner and get a blind <laughs> dude with a saxophone. <laughs> and they will give you center stage. They just mine. <laughs> <laughs> Find the good doctor on Bandcamp. Go ahead and follow him on Facebook. Uh, again, that's the good doctor. This next track is off the album Night Driver. Meet me at the Robot Star. Coming at you now.
of the 30-second ad spot to the Black Market Toast Podcast, where we take a piece of media out of the cupboard, dust it off, toast it up, and serve it as something completely new. What? Well, it means we either listen to or watch a movie or TV show or piece of music and then it's not like we just use whatever media we pick as a conversation starter (laughs) well because it's fun okay listen to it on your podcatcher of choice and follow us on facebook or something Hello, Demogorgons. It's Mjolnir Monday, July 8th. I'm Sexy Thor, and it's time for your weekly thunder. So, Spider-Man Far From Home came out on Tuesday, and unlike Dark Phoenix, it was the exact opposite of hot garbage. It was fantastic. It had all the fun and action and humor and heart and everything you could ever want in a Spider-Man movie. The MCU stepping up their game as usual. Definitely stay for the post-credits favorite comic book this week is walking dead 193 robert kirkman announced it literally the day before this is the final issue in the walking dead series and it was really good too nice little wrap up uh people that were pissed off by how the tv show is going uh should definitely pick it up and read it just a nice little oh hey i mean come on walking dead's basically a multiverse now Except we don't really have any supernatural or magic elements in this particular world, so nobody thinks to call it a multiverse. But it's basically a multiverse. So yeah, fairly well Walking Dead comic books. You're amazing, Thunder Faithful. Thank you for listening both to Thunder Talk and your Weekly Thunder. And if you're a newcomer, welcome. That was your Weekly Thunder for July 8th. I'm Sexy Thor, and love you mean it. Hail Thunder Faithful, do you want to listen to Sexy Thor just talk off the top of his head with a vague outline? So does Sexy Thor, then join your favorite Asgardian every Mjolnir Monday as he talks about Marvel, DC, and what happens in the WWE in a way that I try to make listenable to wrestling fans and non-fans alike, even with an Alexa Bliss love fest so on point you might think I'm Corey Graves. Don't know who Corey Graves is? Listen to Weekly Thunder and find out. I'm your host Sexy Thor, and remember to drink, fight, and make your ancestors proud by listening to your weekly thunder. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can, spins a web, any size. Spoilers are coming in this segment, Randall. Randall? Spoilers, Randall. Um, Don't listen if you haven't uh, heard the, if you haven't seen the motion picture, Randor. <laughs> Skeletor to King Randor. Skeletor to King Randor. Come in, you royal boob. Oh gosh, what else? Uh, let's see. Uh, oh yeah, no, there's a great scene at the end with uh, MJ <laughs> and Spider-Man swinging around oh, New boy. York. Never, never doing that again. I'm never doing that again. Those post-credit scenes. Oh, the post-credit scenes. Uh, Nick Fury 
and Maria Hill the entire time are Skrull. Not only are they Skrull, but it's, uh, what's his name? Talos and his wife. Talos and his wife. You know, Ben Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. Right? Talos from Captain <laughs> Direct Marvel. Direct Yeah. Is, uh, is Nick Fury the entire, the entire movie until he calls <laughs> Nick Fury, who's on a spaceship. Bitch, please. You've been to space. With, with a, a bunch, bunch of scrolls. scrolls. With his shoes off, relaxing in a holographic room on the beach. Yeah. Uh, but he's Which also, I almost thought was like a callback to Tahiti. To <laughs> Tahiti. No, that's, you know, you know, that's, that's because it was, it's the same effects they use in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Tahiti involving Coulson. Yeah. Well, y'all can, y'all can leave comments below. <laughs> just uh, point at the bottom of the screen you're there. Uh, oh, wait, you're listening to this. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Just internet us, uh, internet us that. Um, yeah, which is awesome because Talos is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and what else? And J. Jonah Jameson of the MCU. As in J. J- and the same actor that played J. Jonah Jameson in the Tobey Maguire J. movies. J.K. Mother Simmons. Is like some kind of trashy Fox News yeah. uh, uh, TV troll now. Reveal- Mysterio apparently sent a transmission to uh, MCU Fox News like equivalent. Of uh, what? What Mysterio? Yeah. What does Mysterio tell the world? Um, Spider-Man's unleashed all these drones to attack London, which even contains doctored footage of where Spider-Man was originally ordering the drones to stand down. Right. It was doctored to reveal that Spider-Man was actually sending the drones out to fuck everything up. Right, and that uh, his real identity is Peter Parker. That's right. The very, the very last scene, uh, the very, it's, it's, it's the post post credit, if I'm not mistaken. That's, it, was the, it was the first post credit. It was scene. the first post credit scene where, uh, J Jonah Jameson comes it's Times square, comes on a big TV announces to the world that Spider-Man killed Mysterio. Cause people thought Mysterio was a hero. He was never exposed. Was he? Nope. He was never publicly exposed. It's recording Mysterio sent to the news saying, uh, Spider-Man's killing me. I'm a good guy. And he's totally not. But then he further records, Spider-Man is Peter Parker. And on a and an enemy on a, guy. On a, and on a New York City billboard screen, yes. you see Tom Holland's mug right there. Yeah. So the whole world knows that this is that Peter this Parker. Is, it's that Peter, not some other Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah. Not not Peter Parker from Topeka, Kansas. Yeah, right. Yeah. Peter Parker from Pueblo, Colorado. No, this is <laughs> uh this is the Peter Parker, Peter Parker. Yeah. Uh, So what did you think of Spider-Man Far From Home? What did you think about uh, our thinkings about Spider-Man Far From Home? Uh, Go ahead and hit us up. Steven, what are you doing, dude? Turn that shit off. Sorry. Please. Sorry. Just that's not. Uh, So what did you think about Far From Home? What did you think about our thinkings about Far From Home out loud? Uh, Go ahead and hit us up at oh, what's our email address it's brand new uh oh um <laughs> thunder talk podcast thunder talk podcast at gmail.com hold on let me verify that i think you've only told me like a grand total of one time ever <laughs> you, hold on hold on everybody <laughs> it's uh hit us up at thunder talk podcast at gmail.com that's thunder talk podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I promise you, no matter what you send us, we will read it on the air. You want to send us a sound file? Uh, we prefer a wave. MP3 will work. Send us a sound file. We will 100%, no matter what it is, we will play it on the air. Guaranteed. 
100%. Sexy guarantee. That's a sexy guarantee right there. We have to beep it out and stuff. I mean, you know, we don't need any of those. Yeah. You know, we need, we're, we we're, need we're trying to adult in the world. Yeah. But uh, yeah, send us uh, send us anything. Send us anything to a thundertalkpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we love you. I mean, I love you. I don't want to speak for you, Sexy Thor. No, I love you too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, bye. <laughs> Good night. Oh, wait. No, we got more show. Stick around. There's more show. Uh, there'll probably be a commercial coming up right now. Hello. Have you ever wondered how much Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster sold Superman's rights to DC for? Or which uh, popular football star was uh, the Sam Wilson, the Falcons' physical appearance based on? You can find all that and more at the History of Comic Books podcast, a podcast dedicated to the creators, events, history, and the companies that made the great comic book medium. Hosted and created by your friendly neighborhood, J.T. Wheatley. Please give it a listen at iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, and all our podcasting platforms. Thank you, and go ahead and enjoy yourself a good comic book. Do you like bad wigs? Do you like blue flames? Do you like passable special effects? Then are you in for a treat? Because we have a fresh new segment for you called... Bottom of the Barrel. And we're going to tell you all about dudes and dragons. In the cradle of civilization, a ferocious beast has been awakened. It's a fantasy. It's a fantasy film. Yeah, it's available on Amazon Prime, which Amazon Prime has a sweet, sweet list of movies that are just horrible yeah and, and amazing at the same time and this movie is from 2015 which honestly it felt slightly just a little bit older than that well even though it came out in 2015 it could have been in production much earlier and from the amount of cast and stuff it wasn't very many people so yeah you'd, you'd probably imagine it didn't have a lot of people working on it so it might have taken quite a bit of time before they were able to get it out on straight to streaming it's like kind of like how it used to be straight to dvd type of stuff this is straight to straight streaming. to streaming for sure so what'd you think we we haven't talked about it we actually just finished watching it what did you think kavika i thought it was pretty well done as far as something very outlandish um, it is the type of movie that you have to be looking for as far as kind of terrible. Do you like terrible movies? Do you like things that are kind of special? Then you might like this. And also, it, you know, it's it's fantasy. I mean, clearly, Dudes and Dragons, uh, fictional realm, evil sorcerer, dragons. You have the heroes. You even had like the uh, a cameo spot by uh, Luke Perry. Luke Perry. Yeah. And what will your excuse be this time? Your horsey scared again? You leave horsey out of this. <laughs> so we we role play events, and I've role played a lot in my past, and so I have a, an affinity towards these type of things. You know, like some type of fantasy realm, and it's almost like 
a module or a role-playing adventure kind of movie. It I could like, see that. Like where people were like, oh, man, this role-play session was great. Let's let's make a movie about it. That's hilarious. So I took some notes while we were watching the movie. I know, I saw. But um, a quick overview of the movie is there's this Lord Tinsley, who's an evil magician, right? Sorcerer. Sorcerer. Sorry. Sorcerer. Yeah. Let's use difference. the right words. And he is in love with his cousin. You promised to marry me while you plotted my death. It was bound to fail. Love between blood is an abomination. It is very common in some cultures. So, okay, before we go any further, spoiler alert for Dudes and Dragons. It has been out for four years, so it's not like it's something new. But if you if you want to watch it, maybe... Go look it up. It's on Amazon Prime. Watch it and then come back and listen to us. I was just giving an overview, wife. Okay. So he's in love with his cousin and she won't have him. So he has captured her and he has a dragon that he is using to kill anyone it can find that is in love. You can't show love or this dragon will kill you. So you have the... the the main characters, and there's a couple main characters. The the lead, he is, or he's not even really the lead. I would say, what's his name is the lead? Um, Cam? Not Cam. His brother. His brother. Uh, Rim something? Yes. I can't remember. Anyway, but Cam, Cam is dressed up like you would imagine, like Legolas slash He-Man. But he's not a smart person. This is this is not a smart character. I am skilled in the arts of warfare. You are handy with a tiny blade. The way you shave around the nipple, it's mesmerizing. He's like young and in love. He's a little bit naive. Um, probably thinks he's a little more badass than he really is. And he wants to slay the dragon to save his fiance. Now, now Cam's brother, who's the main lead, Ramseus or something? No. Ralphius? No. I, I don't know what it is. No. It begins with an R. Uh, it could be Ronald. Um, well, anyway, he's a bounty hunter. And he goes around fighting dragons and collecting bounties from people. He has... Uh, his sidekick is this... Cr- uh, this an orc. orc. An orc. I, I, in my notes, I had him as Orc Chewbacca. Because he is basically he is Orc Chewbacca. Is, I mean, come on. He is Orc Chewbacca. He he never speaks English. You never understand what he's saying. It's all like and only uh, I think it's Ramicus is Ramicus, the only one that yes. can understand what he's saying. So he's totally like dudes and dragons, Han Solo, and then he has his sidekick who's like an Orc Chewbacca. In in this movie, there are several throwbacks and homages to Star Wars and several other movies. And if you watch it, you'll you'll catch them pretty quickly. Help me if you want to hold me. You're my only hope. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at my notes here. I have some some notes. Let's see. Great uses of slow mo. There there's some <laughs> slow mo in there that's really good. And those blue flames. I felt like all the special effects in the movie 
weren't so terrible that I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. But at the same time, they were just like passable. They weren't really that good. Yeah, they had some moments where they tried to pull a um, 300. So if you've ever watched 300, where it has some of those type of lighting effects, kind of yeah lighting saturated so to kind of cover up the fact that their special effects weren't really that good yes yeah oh no the those were were amazing and let's see um oh yeah there's like the the witch Belvita. <laughs> and when they first introduced her my note is is her name Belvita? yeah it the entire time we're we're watching this and of course like most couples, you know, we'll mention somebody's name and her name forevermore will be Velveeta. Velveeta. Yeah. yeah. She's Velveeta now. It's fine. Okay. When it comes down to it, Kavika, would you suggest someone watch this movie? I give this a 7 out of 10 uh, for oh, overall dang. overall quality. Um, as far as a watch, it is a great watch for, is it a cold day outside? Are you sitting huddled up inside your house under a pile of blankets and you're just kind of scrolling through your phone anyway? Um, this is perfect for that. Yeah, I would say if you like, like bad movies like fantasy movies totally watch it if you want a silly movie and you're just up for an interesting afternoon watch while you're laying around on your couch i we we recommend dudes and dragons dudes and dragons When last we tuned in, we were talking about collateral damage caused by Batman is now escalated to uh, killing good people in video games. And uh, the Joker really has a boner for him. Right, Beth? Heck yes. I want to know what is Batman going to be like in the future? What, you mean like uh, like Batman Space Beyond? Space Batman. Yeah, like Spaceman. No, 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 no. Well, there was this boy called uh, Terry McGinnis in this new Gotham. Yeah, that's Batman Beyond. Derek Powers killed his dad, so he broke into Bruce Wayne's house and stole the suit. Yeah, but uh, it turned out... What's the name? Okay, in the Suicide Squad movie, the uh, the character, the, 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 the government agent who is orchestrating the entire Suicide Squad uh, idea, what's her name? Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller was introduced in Batman Beyond. I mean, I don't know if that's where she was introduced, but that's when I first knew that that's a character in the DC universe. It was an episode of Batman Beyond that actually was a flashback to the days of Batman. Uh, it turns out that Amanda Waller orchestrated Terry McGinnis's birth. She actually Shanghai DNA from Bruce Wayne, because if you listen to episode one of this, everybody knows Bruce Wayne <laughs> is Batman and they're all just uh, amusing him. Um yeah, took his DNA and used it to zap his. She zapped uh, Terry McGinnis's mom with that stuff, and so Terry McGinnis is actually Bruce Wayne's son. 
I do remember finding that out years later. I didn't know the whole conclusion of that until uh, <clears throat> while I was watching the show as a kid when it was on air. But, you know, watching it all again, reading about it years later, I was like, okay, that makes sense, I guess. You know, Kavika brought up a, a great question in uh, the last uh, this that we did. In terms of his villains, which one does Batman love the most? Again, it's the villains that love him the most. It's, it's the villains that validate him being Batman. The people that say they love him are like, stop, don't do it. Uh, Catwoman or Batgirl, uh, Commissioner Gordon everybody's the Robins. Don't be Batman. Don't be Batman anymore. The villains are like, no, I'll keep being Batman. We need you to be. Could be who wanted to know which one does Batman love the most? I would say Catwoman just because, I mean, Me too. we know he, he has a boner for her. So yeah, no, that's, that's, that's legit. I mean, I'm not going to lie. My first instinct was like, well, but then yeah, no, you're totally right. You're totally right. I mean, that's something that Joker just can't, uh, I mean, Joker could, would probably would love to do it for him, but I, he, I just he don't would think love that's, to. Yeah, right. <laughs> Joker would love to. He would totally get down with that. Batman loves Joker more like a cousin or a little brother who's like you know ten years younger. Who it's like I love you, but you annoy the piss out of me, and I'm always cleaning up your messes. Yeah, it's it's like the the trashy homicidal version of Thor and Loki's dynamic. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. But yeah, Batman and Catwoman make sense too because both of their identities like fell in love with each other. Oh my god, that's that's that kind of legitimizes it all right there, doesn't it? Indeed. What what would Batwoman's and Batman's child be called if they were a superhero? Superhero name? Bat Batlad. Bat Batlad. Uh, I'm Team Batlad on that, Chris. Batlad. That's lame. I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Bat Flack. Uh, no, not Bat Flack. I don't know. I don't know. Bat, bat, bat Flack. Bat Flack. <laughs> no, yeah, okay. okay. Bat no, that's, Flack. That's, I would go for Bat Flack. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah no, that's pretty good. Bat, bat Flack. So you're, bat Flack. you're saying their child is going to sell insurance? Is that <laughs> what? <laughs> no, that's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody in the Wayne family needs to be selling insurance. They'd be no, making yeah. a killing. <laughs> Somebody yeah, right. in that family needs an honest job. That's true, especially since Aflac is supplemental insurance. So I think Batman should have an accident plan. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely. No, yeah. I mean, it's, it's... if Thanos can have a retirement plan, Batman needs an accident plan. <laughs> that makes sense. That's that. That's the. You know what? Everybody out there in Internet Radio Land, that that just makes good financial sense. You need to go and call your financial planner right now you know start talking about your 401ks and your nest egg and if maybe bat shaped bomb grenades are being thrown at you in the name of uh, vigilante justice yeah. i'm sure i'm sure someone out there can hook you up with that too and and tie it in with uh, your car and your boat and your in your house it's you'll save that in your bat cave and your second boat and your and your second bat boat has batman ever made clones of himself and if not why <laughs> <laughs> well how many earths does dc have oh uh, yeah so many that's so true at least 52 many? also i don't think batman has any clones because then he would have to come up with contingency plans for those clones because he does have contingency plans for if any member of the justice league went rogue so if he made clones he'd have to create contingency plans on how to defeat those rogues and 
I'm sorry, even for him, that's too fucking much. Yeah, can it be crazy? Like, all of a sudden, like, something happens, Batman dies, and then out pops up from underneath of the Batcave. Like, there's like a six different vats where all these Batmans just kind of raise out of the steam. Then what happens? Yeah, now, that's... now you have six Batmans. Uh, you know, that's oh, why you... he... That's why he and Waller shanghaied and created Terry McGinnis inside Mrs. McGinnis. Six, six sick Batmans will be the name of the 8 to 12 issue story arc where, uh, yeah, it could be because like, hey, Bruce, I mean, Batman, clone yourself. Uh, there, there's some Star there's Wars about that enough. you can research. And then, yeah, it all goes to shit because, you know... Stories goes to shit. <laughs> There's not enough room in Gotham City for the ego of six Batmans. I'm just saying. Well, then you would have a Batman for the many cities. Metropolis could have its own Batman, and Jump City could have its own Batman. Ooh, Coast Ooh. City really needs its own Batman. It's kind of like the, they have a Green Lantern. It's like the Dread Pirate Roberts. It's a franchise. You have a Batman in every city. <laughs> no, it's totally, yeah, it's totally a franchise. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right? That's a good idea. Batman, get on get on that cloning. I feel like we'd be one of the clones like in multiplicity. <laughs> yeah. What, which, but which one though? Everybody multiple we're going multiplicity. Yeah, there's like a dumb clone too. Peter. No, yeah, the third clone yeah. was a dumb I clone. I like pizza, Steve. One was well, an, an effeminate uh stereotype. I think that movie dropped like ninety ninety three. Something like that. Uh then the second one was like this like macho sport guy sex machine. And then the third one was like when you take, I think the way they explain it is when you have a, like a videotape VHS video cassette and you keep recording over it over and over again, how it degrades the, the, the quality. I was going to, yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. it was a you, clone of a clone. What happens? What happens when you find out that you're the dumb clone? Well, I, I think even further, what happens when Batman finds the dumb Batman clone? And then it turns out we've been following the dumb Batman clone all along. Wait a second. Is the dumb Batman clone Robin? Oh. Again, we right. DC? At least one of the Robins is the dumb Batman clone. That's yeah. Jason Todd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I think that I think you might be right. And Robin's too embarrassed to let him know that he's the parent. So he told Batman that his parents are dead showstopper i know i killed i killed the podcast with that podcast over hashtag fail i want to get back to the the batman fighting the third clone as in batman has already uh, fought and defeated his other clones oh my god okay here's an angle all of the clones uh represent uh a a a part of his personality his drive his id his ego super ego that kind of stuff right and defeating them like it's like every issue after you establish like the first three four issues you know five six seven eight is him just dedicated having to kill take out one of these batmans that are significant foes and threats but then he gets to the derpy batman what does he do I feel like he he brings him in like it's like the mother-in-law plan where, you know, you just kind of set them up in a bedroom or an adjacent apartment. You can't kill it. 
Send him to Arkham. He would be the only one dumb enough to actually stay there. Let's take this further. Because if the other Batmans that he had to take out uh, had malicious intent and they had to go, even though the other, the, 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 uh, copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, the degraded, uh, copy of, of Batman, um, who's to say that they still don't have malicious intent? And in fact, uh, what, what was that movie with? Oh, never mind. You know, the, hey, that does bring up something interesting. Don't we usually not attribute malicious intent to people of a certain. That's a stereotype. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's exactly what facility, I was. Facility. Yeah. You know? uh, and going beyond that, being able to actually conceive of a plan who, who's, whose worldview and outlook is so radically different from, well, certainly Batman's and, and what the rest of uh, society has deemed to be this or that uh, acceptable, who, whose outlook is so different that indeed uh, they're operating on a level on a, on a mastermind type level that Batman cannot relate to and actually ends up being the ultimate orchestrator of all of this. So did Batman kill the other Batmans? Yeah, no, they're, just they're, like, they're already dead. They're, they're dead. He didn't like hit them with like some tranquilizer gas or something like that. Well, he was able to justify it to himself because it's like they're him. You know what I mean? So he figured he, he he considers it more some kind of a like a sadomasochistic self harm. But I have a Jesus complex, so I'm going to do it anyway. Like that's how he resolves Man, it. Man, Batman has ha- has to have some PTSD. No, Batman is only PTSD. That's <laughs> that's what's making <laughs> the character kind of starting to run out of gas in terms of holding my interest. Sorry. <sighs> and I just realized that I totally ripped off. You guys ever seen the movie Usual Suspects? Ah, uh, yes. 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 <clears throat> nope. Oh, you should check it out. Uh, but uh, that's entirely, that's uh, 100%, well, 85% Usual Suspects. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. But then I'm like, oh, Kevin Spacey sucks, though. So. And Brian Singer sucks, though. Yeah, they both suck, don't they? Brian Singer and Kevin Spacey. Yeah. So let's take that. Let's take that idea back. I hate it when some of, you know, like famous, decent um, people, decent at their job, right? And you're like, oh, you respect them at, at the work that they can do. But then you find out they're a horrible human. Yeah, right. Like every time I look in the mirror and brush my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe that, uh, you know, maybe there's a little bit of Batman in all of us. Maybe there's just a little bit of Batman all, all around us. Maybe we're Batman clones, we just don't realize it. Is a podcast. You are rocking with the best. What's good, everybody? My name is Tyler Butler. I am the host of Enough with the BS Podcast. We are a sports show that takes the BS out of sports. I have a little bit of fun with it as well. We do, however, dive into some deep and serious conversations, such as allegations, abuse, and injustice. So how about you join me and Josh Smith twice a month on one of the fastest growing podcasts there is out of the Carolinas. Hope you're having a good day. Squad up. I'm out.
it's Dan's Bad Advice Dear Dan, I hate pineapple on my pizza. I never miss a chance to complain about it. Whether it be online, at the office, funerals, while making love, I just need to be associated with hating pineapples on my pizza. Sincerely, I hate pineapple on my pizza. Uh, are you the type of pe- person that has like broad public opinions about pineapple pizza? Pineapple pizza is a sin. Pineapple pizza is the best. You're fucking boring. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Who gives a shit? I'll, I mean, it, if, 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 if my first choice of pizza is gone, uh, yeah, okay, only well give me a slice of uh, pineapple, I guess. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, uh, pineapple pizza. I have a hard stance on that. Well, you're probably also really well, boring. I half agree on that because if, you know, you're just super against pineapple pizza and you want the whole f-ing world to know it, then, yeah, you're a boring f- person but you know if pineapple pizza is your favorite pizza then you know that's i'm okay with that then you know that that's just you know your favorite kind of thing like you know star wars to you marvel to me well that's a positive to be like to to go out favorite of a thing yeah to go out and which is perfectly natural perfectly natural to go out and celebrate pineapple pizza that's okay that's okay uh i mean we'll fly that pineapple pizza flag you might be a little boring, but that's still, <laughs> still, still, that, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I'll take boring and positive as opposed to boring and pineapple pizza any day. Exactly. You know, like, you know, boring and the last Jedi. That's just, that's just five ways to. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. I don't like pineapple pizza. Well, then what's your opinion on peace in the Middle East? Then it's just gonna be it's gonna be dead air after that. They've got, they've got nothing to say about that. But you know, if you love pineapple pizza as much as I love Moe's, then a you're lying, and b good for you, because nobody loves a food more than I love Moe's. Is Moe's paying us to say that? No, but I just really love them. We were just talking about Mexican food the other day, and how, uh, and you all know it out there. Like after you've met me, within five minutes, I'm gonna be like, I'm from California. I'm from California. I'm, I'm from Los Angeles. I'm only <laughs> sort of from Los Angeles. I mean, if we're just being honest like here. Five minutes meeting me. I'm Thor. I'm Thor. I'm, I'm Thor. Thor. <laughs> I'm some sexy Thor. Oh my god! I have a podcast. Listen, yeah, the first the first time this guy and I met for like the first like three hours, it was like this feedback loop. I'm Thor. I'm from California. I'm Thor. I'm from California. <laughs> I'm Thor. I'm from California. How about those Lakers? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It was the magic of magic that finally broke the cycle. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't want to take I don't want to take a uh, a diverging stance from you, boss. Uh, but the whole like I'm from California, I'm gonna have to say when it comes to Mexican food, South Carolina. I mean, Mo. Okay, check it out. Moe's is good for Moe's. All right, I can't say it's good for Mexican food. I can say it's good for Moe's. I like Taco Bell. I eat yeah. Taco Bell. <laughs> I'm not yeah. gonna call it Mexican food. <laughs> True. <laughs> But, but Mexican-flavored fast food. Yeah. The Onion did this whole commercial when Taco Bell went 24 hours that uh, the reason why Taco Bell is staying open so late is in case you have a dog food emergency in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> you need yourself some dog food at like 3 a.m., Taco Bell is there for you. If I get a Moe's open until 2 in the morning, that would also be fantastic. Okay, you like Moe's, you like Moe's. That's cool. That's, who cares if, if it isn't Mexican food? Right, it's Southwest Grill. It's not south of the border <laughs> that's, that's grill. Me, it's me being passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So it's like Arizona food. It's not Mexican food. You've been Arizona. It's it's, it's Moe's Southwest Grill, not Moe's South of the Border Grill. You ever been Arizona? No, <laughs> I have. <laughs> yeah, if you uh, if you're all like, uh, you know, pineapple pizza, then uh, you know, there there are things when you first meet somebody or when you know someone, there are tells, so to speak things about them that they'll say that they'll advertise about themselves that to me it tells me a lot about who they are and me being a petty little man I, I, I base so much on these little tells and I have an entire encyclopedia set of fuck ups that somebody can do <laughs> to lower my opinion of them because if anything I'm always like chomping at the bit to lower my opinion of you to, to bring you down to the way I feel about myself, really. And if you're one of those people that's like, eh, pineapple pizza, eh, I'm, you're demoted. <laughs> Severely. You're demoted in my book. It's Dan's bad advice call. love to be obnoxiously rich like just stupid rich you know so rich like it, it changes you that would be amazing yeah they say that money can't fix things but i would like to give it a try like Bad. batman did when he fixed society with his money money can't buy happiness but it's more comfortable to cry in a mercedes than it is on a bike or in a more similar case it's more comfortable to cry on a mercedes than it is a saturn that i know for facts I think it's better to cry in a Batmobile knowing that uh, Joker is at home painting his toenails, thumbing through your comic books, and just all all having googly eyes for you. Yeah, that's exactly what Joker would be doing. I'm going to... You want to wrap this one up? Move on to the next one? Dan. What's up? We should... Let's, let's stop this recording. You want to stop it? Well, I... It's 10 o'clock. I have to get up early and go to work. Yeah, you're good. Let's do it. Thunder Talk is a production of the Weirdos Workshop. Starring Adam Wedston, Kavika Allo, Dan Klink, and Beth Allo. And remember, drink, bite, and make your ancestors proud, always.